If you're looking for a new way to support SideMission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code SIDEMISSION for 15% off your order. Thank you, Dubby, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Matt Beck, Kyle Lynch. And today, I, I made a promise, fellas. I made a promise. This was a few episodes ago when we talked about, I think this was Twisted Metal 7. And I made the promise we're going to get all these episodes out by fucking Christmas. And by God, we're going to do so because today we're combining this episode into episodes 9 and episode 10. If you're not happy about that, go fuck yourself. I really don't care. Um... Just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding 100%. I'm kidding about the go fuck yourself part. But we are combining episodes 9 and 10 into one episode just because, to be honest, we could do an episode on just episode 9, but it would probably be like a 12-minute episode, and there wouldn't be... There's not exactly a ton to talk about from that episode, at least in my opinion there's not. Kyle, I think you said you felt the same when we talked about it earlier. So we are going to be talking about episode 9 and episode 10, the season finale and we say season, not series, because it has been confirmed there is going to be a season two. We're excited for that. Because, fellas, episode nine and episode ten, a pretty strong finish to uh, season one. Season, So we'll start with episode oh, yeah. nine. And, Kyle, episode nine, as we just talked about, not really a ton that happens. But what does happen is good character development stuff. There's a little bit of... I guess a nod to the games with a certain car that gets brought into, I believe it's a nod to the game with a car that is uh, worked on and brought into the fold. But it all starts, I believe we started with Quiet uh, shortly after the events of episode eight, where, you know, the holy men, uh, you know, they snuck in to go infiltrate the holy men and to get Evelyn back. Evelyn ends up blowing up. Yeah, John Doe and Quiet have a falling out where she ends up leaving. She's tired of him not treating her like a partner. And she, you know, they end up kind of separated. They reunite very, very quickly at the beginning of this episode, Kyle. Very quickly. We see the return of the convoy. And this is where we see Quiet is still very pissed off with John Doe. Yeah, this this episode, I think, uh, it, it was a lot of, you know, that character development coming full circle. Like, really, really showing here. Especially, like, uh, you know, in the beginning where... We see that part with uh, Sweet Tooth and Stu where, you know, they obviously they took Mike hostage with them because they left him alive in episode seven. And they, you know, took him with them. And so Sweet Tooth, like, goes off to do something. And, you know, Mike and Stu are kind of talking. And, you know, Mike's telling him, he's like, man, I don't think you're safe with them. You know, he's trying to kind of coerce him into, you know, setting him free and going with him. And I think that's kind of where you start seeing... Stu kind of realized, hey, I, I just hopped in this ice cream truck with this insane guy dressed like a clown who, you know, used to kill anybody who would come to New or Las Vegas, you know. It's it's very interesting how he kind of has that sudden realization, and then when Sweet Tooth comes back, he's like, hey, what you guys talking about? He's like, oh, shit, you know, I'm about to piss myself because I just realized where I met. Um... But yeah, and then and then when Quiet comes in, you know, I, I think that it's very interesting to see now that we are at the end of the series how much her relationship with John Doe has grown. They 
really had some bitter moments in, you know, these early episodes towards each other. They did. They were not friends. And, you know, to see them kind of grow into this, you know, love-hate relationship, because right now, uh, after fucking in the ball pit, they decided to split. Yeah, bring that memory back up. That's <laughs> They decided to split, and, uh, you know, because John Doe decided to be selfish and stay with his car that ended up getting blown up in the last episode. Um, But you could tell that she's missing him, that she's feeling a little bit alone, and so was he, especially at the end of that episode. He felt, you could see the regret on his face that, like, why, you know, why did I do this? Why did I leave her like that? Yeah, I'm with you on that 100% there. I think that... That that's the character development. You can kind of you can kind of sense the entire episode that she does want to forgive him, but we we see that at a certain point, and she mentions it several times in in episode eight that she's kind of gotten frustrated with him over you know how he's treated her since they've really started working together, and that you know he he's you know she's risked her life with the you know the whole ordeal with the holy men to help break him out of the you know break him out of their uh, their cage they had him in. And how he's still risking his life for a car that she just doesn't understand the relationship between, you know, him and Evelyn exactly. It's really fucking weird that I said understanding the relationship between him and a car. Something off of My Strange Addiction. Straight off of that that show, My Strange Addiction. But it's really interesting that you can see the whole time she wants to forgive him. But it's really hard. And she's kind of reached her boiling point with it. And so, Matt, we see that kind of throughout this entire episode that they they... Bit by bit, they start to get a little bit closer to that relationship they had before. And finally, you know, he he helps fix something in the glove box when they're working on, you know, the replacement for Evelyn. And that's kind of the point where they're able to say, okay, we're able to get back to normal. It is what it is. And, and that's where you see their relationship kind of return to some semblance of normality. Yeah, I actually really like the fact that the progression of, you know, reigniting was a little bit very natural. It wasn't it instantly, oh, you know, he came back, you know, she's she's pissed and she is not afraid to show it. I mean, she even, what was it she threw at him? Uh, was it like a screwdriver or something? But she threw that heavy okay, object yeah. at him. And like, that's that's how it is in real life, you know? I mean, I'm not saying go throw something at somebody because, you know, you got into a squabble, but like... Um, it was, like I said, it didn't feel like it was a forced forgiveness either because it actually worked its way through a good portion of the episode. And I think that's why it worked really well because, again, like I said, it wasn't forced. And it felt like very natural progression when it comes to, especially these two people who've been through so much together. And, I mean, I also I also have to think that Quiet kind of starts to understand just a little bit there. It's not very subtle, but I kind of think it's there where, you know, you know Eleven is very special to him. Eleven. I'm so sorry. Um, Evelyn was very special to him. I got Stranger Things on the mind. Apparently, um, Evelyn was very special to him. (laughs) Evelyn was very special to him, and I think she kind of understood at the same time. She was hoping to see him make you know some progress when it comes to like you know choosing her over Evelyn. I think she definitely took that a little a little harshly, but I mean, in the end, like I said before, they definitely worked it out, and it led off to one of the greatest ending of an episode I've seen all season. Yeah, I, I liked Matt. I, I, I liked a lot of that. I liked that it felt very natural to what it would be like in, li- in real life to have to forgive somebody. I, I'm a big, big fan of that. I liked that, again, 
it seems weird that like this is the show that's given us a, some real real depictions of what stuff would look like in real life, you know, in terms of trusting people in the apocalypse, in terms of forgiving somebody who's wronged you as many times as Quiet feels John Doe has not really necessarily wronged her even, maybe just maybe kind of sold her short or has not really put her, you know, her well-being ahead of Evelyn's. And I like that we saw that process. It's hard to forgive somebody that you feel has done you dirty a couple of times. So I like that it was a more realistic take on that. Uh, Kyle, in terms of the main plot of this episode, it turns out that the convoy has a way for John Doe and Quiet to finish their delivery. Obviously, they are starting to run very, very, very low on time. But they have figured out that there is a route through, uh, you know, Agent Stone's defenses for them to get through to New San Francisco to finish that delivery so they can ultimately get to where they're going. And it ends up leading to a really, really cool reveal with their new vehicle and a really fun ending this episode that sets up a great beginning to episode 10. Yes, I think that Agent Stone has been, you know, one of the perfect picks for the villain for this series. And, you know, I really, I really like that Thomas Hayden Church has kept up this energy the entire fucking season, especially in the in the in the series season finale. Damn, I've been saying series finale this whole time because I never knew if we were getting a season two, so it's hard to like make that switch now. Um, I feel that. But yeah, this whole time he's been so fucking menacing, and it it's it's so worth it. Like, I just man, the next episode is so good. It's everything that I'm hoping season two is gonna be. Um, but before we finish out episode nine, uh, there was a you know something really big that you mentioned earlier, Rusty, that the car Quiet and John Doe build called Roadkill is actually the car that John Doe drives in the game, which yes, is a, a it's a really cool nod, and it looks like that'll be the you know his car moving forward, um, because obviously Evelyn is gone and there is no recovering or rebuilding. Um, but that's kind of cool how they, you know, they had to make that sacrifice in order to bring in roadkill. I, I love the, in your face references in this show about the game. Like they, they just don't hold back. Yeah. And that's, and that's, it's a great segue into leading into episode 10 because the beginning of episode 10 was what I think a lot of people expected this whole season to be like. And it's it's this awesome, you know, full-on, you know, vehicular battle between Agent Stone and his men versus the convoy, John Doe and Quiet, and Sweet Tooth, Stu and Mike. And it's an awesome, awesome battle, so much so that I didn't realize just how quick the battle moved about. So when it ended with when it ended ten minutes into the episode that kind of had me thinking that this episode was going to have a little bit more of a complicated ending and we'll get there. But Kyle, just a, a phenomenal start to this episode. Again, the kind of, the kind of combat I thought we would see all season long, but it was certainly worth the wait. It definitely was. I think that, you know, if they keep this up for season two, it will be so much better. Like this season obviously had to do a lot of character building, but man, for, you know, the first 10 minutes of this episode, the nonstop just carnage. Everybody's shooting at each other. Sweet Tooth has missiles coming out of his fucking, uh, the giant clown head's eyes. And also, at the very end of the last episode, I forgot to mention, um, Stu pours gasoline on Sweet Tooth's head and then sets him on, like, sets him on fire for that classic Sweet Tooth look from the games 
Again, another in-your-face reference that's, you know, yeah. not subtle whatsoever, but I absolutely love it. Um, it was just madness, complete carnage, and that's what I've been waiting for this whole fucking season, because holy shit, it was so cool. Now, there were some pretty intense moments, um, like obviously when... Uh, when AJ Stone has had enough, and he decides to shoot the florist right in her neck, and man, that does not go over well at all. Um, I can't remember her name. What was her name from the convoy? I can't remember her name whatsoever. Damn it, dude. <laughs> it has been a while. It has been about a week and a half since yeah. I've watched these episodes. Yeah, oh, man, her girlfriend, dude. Me, she, she flips out I'm about it. Lost, too. I, I'm so sorry. I can't remember her name for some reason, but that that moment shocked me. I was like, "Oh, I, I thought she was dead," because you know a convoy just crashes and blows up, and I was like, "Oh shit, they're gone. They are dead." But you know, yeah. it turns out that wasn't the case. Yeah, I, I I loved that they also in these moment or in this intense battle they found moments to to make jokes. I felt like when it was appropriate. So like Sweet Tooth, for example, when he, he he drives up alongside John Doe and Quiet at one point, and I th I think they're kissing or some point or doing something along that line, and he he makes this joke about they finally got together that kind of joke. It's like you know you see in every TV show you've got characters that everybody ships for some reason, uh, for one reason or another, and it's kind of like that feeling as well. It's a little corny cheesy moment, but it's a lot of fun, and I, I like that they found moments to still be funny even in an intense battle. So. The battle ends up wrapping up. The heroes win. Again, it's about 10 minutes into the episode. And Matt, can we come up on a very, very uh, full circle moment with Quiet where Agent Stone is on his knees in front of her and she gives him the option of it can be fast or it can be slow. And she leaves the gun kind of at his feet and gives him the option. And we, we hear a gunshot, but I'm not sure that we ever see a body. So that's the one thing that's like, I feel like that could be a surprise in season two is Agent Stone possibly still being alive. Yeah, that's the rule of TV. If there's no body, do not believe that they are dead for a second. Especially, I think they kind of let that up in the air because I don't think the showrunners knew that they were going to be getting a uh, a second season. So I think that they just wanted to leave that up in the air. So they're basically so there is a good finale for Agent Stone. You know, there's a some closure. So if they weren't getting a second season. You know, he's dead. The gunshot, we're going to take it that he's dead. If they get one, then they can absolutely do anything that they want and bring him back. And, you know, and they say that he did not shoot himself. Um, so that actually was very clever writing on their on on their part. I, I just I just wanted to say just this whole section of the, like uh, it, it, this battlefield. This was incredible. This is what the show is. I, I was like watching when I was watching that scene. I was like, this is where the budget went. <laughs> you could absolutely tell. <laughs> um and I like that everybody had a little part to play in it. I I thought that everything was really well done. I love the fact that uh, Agent Stone's you know police force are in these cars and they're marked as uh, what was it? Um, uh, were they marked? What was the word? That is a Kyle question. I think if anything else, I'm not sure. It was spray painted on each car. Uh, it, it was something like uh, arrested. I don't know. Um, and I think that's how everybody like let their guards down. But then, you know, after everything went down, and it turned out that uh, Stone's police force were in those cars. And I, I was just loving this every single moment of it. I had a big smile on my face because this is what Twisted Metal is. And they, 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 they nailed it perfectly. 
with the car combat and each car having like its own unique type of style of, of a combat especially sweet tooth's iconic ice cream truck shooting the missiles out of the ice cream cone like kyle said they really had me going like i was like i want to see more of this in the future this is what twisted metal is and they did so good with it absolutely so kind of hinted at it a little bit because I, I believe i told you guys this when i finished the show last week and it was when i got when i realized that the battle was over around the 10 minute mark of this episode and that there was still 24 minutes left i was like hmm they finished that surprisingly quickly and I feel like there's going to be more complicated matters with this whole new San Francisco thing. There's going to be more complicated matters than maybe we were anticipating originally. And the first thought that went through my head was maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's a little bit complicated and maybe, you know, they have to do something extra to get quiet in as well. Maybe that has something to do with it. And lo and behold, boys, they get to new San Francisco, they get to the front gate and they allow John Doe in but Quiet's membership as part of the community was never part of the deal. So Quiet and John Doe are once again forced to separate, and that, Kyle, leads to a very interesting time jump of, I believe, five months. Yes, this was probably the most shocking part of the episode, was when, you know, they actually went through with it. Because when they said that Quiet, you know, wasn't going to be allowed in, I was like, oh, so this is what's going to keep him on the road. You know, that's why John Doe's going to go with her. Holy shit, she shot him right in the chest. Just shoots him, and she gets in his car and leaves because she wanted him to stay. That was like, damn, that was brutal. But yeah. it showed her dedication to keeping him safe. It showed, you know, I think... That full circle character arc of her, you know, going from absolutely hating this guy to loving him so much that she would rather him be safe and her be out on the road than him come with her. And the time jump is, you know, interesting because we see a kind of more relaxed John Doe, somebody who's been kind of living safe. He's let his guard down a bit. Because he hasn't been out on the road for, you know, quite some time. And there was a, a part where, you know, he meets this girl, right? And he starts to end up liking her. Well, they go on a couple Relatable. of dates. Um, I can't remember her name. Um, it was actually the guard that, that meets them at the very yeah, beginning. It was. Hey. Yeah, they make that they make that joke because when they pull back up, she's like, you know, you do not have all, you do not have, you know, off, you know, I, I think uh, clearance to to pass the gate, or you don't yeah. have the authority to pass the gate. And she makes that joke of, oh, you don't recognize me without all the body armor on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it, it was cool because we were seeing him, you know, really kind of get to live a real normal life until um, there's a scene. Right after, where everybody's in the bar with Nev Campbell's character, oh, I can't man, I can't remember anybody's names. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know that a lot of these characters. I don't believe their names are necessarily as relevant. I know the ones with the convoy probably are, but yeah, I think that some of the some of the normal citizens that we meet in New San Francisco, I don't believe their names are all that relevant. Yeah, but before we talk about the really big reveal, because there's a massive reveal for. Uh, why John Doe specifically was allowed into New San Francisco. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Quiet and where we find her after the time jump, Matt, because I think it's a really, really interesting spot that she is now in where she is essentially robbing milkmen along their routes and is giving back to the people that need that need the resources that they're carrying more than New San Francisco does. And I like that. She's turned into almost that kind of Robin Hood role, and I kind of respect that. Yeah, can I just add the fact that I like the fact that we finally figured out, you know, find, found out, like, what it is that milkman deliver, deliver, and it is basically just food. Like, I, I, I kind of expected it, but it was kind of just a, a big turnaround, especially when it was with the older lady, the big package that she wanted from John was ice cream. <laughs> like, when she opened that thing and I saw the ice cream, I was like, you had this man go through like halfway across the country to get you an order of ice cream and they didn't even get it right. That's like real life, actually. <laughs> yeah, for real. And um and um I liked that I really did like the take that they did with Quiet. Like it wasn't it didn't really last that long because they, you know, we're getting very close to the end of this episode. We're probably about fifteen at this point we're probably about you know, ten, fifteen minutes to go. And I I like that there was like that that moment that she had with one of the uh, was that one of the uh, what was that cult called uh, the the bell what were they called? I again like you're asking the wrong people for that. Maybe this episode this episode <laughs> the holy man the holy man if you're, if you're man. a big fan yeah if you're a big fan of this show <laughs> and you're cringing every time we can't remember somebody's names then forgive us we're cringing too <laughs> maybe you can laugh at this episode a little bit more trust me I'm cringing thinking about the editing job on this episode right now so. Don't worry at all. Trust me, we watched the show. We really like the show. We're excited for season two, but it has been, it's for those two, for these two, it's been a lot longer since they've watched these episodes. I watched it last week and I'm having trouble remembering. So if that tells you anything, I I hope it comes through that we still like the show. But yeah, to to build off your point, Matt, I think that they they gave quiet purpose after the time jump. Exactly, yeah. And that's the thing I think we're all a fan of. Yeah. And I like the little, I like the little interaction that she had with one of those holy, holy men, where you know he had his gun to her, and then she just starts, you know, freaking out. He's like, you know, he's basically like, "Do you need to talk?" And they just were eating like Vienna sausages or whatever. And he tells him a story about like, um, you know, how he had attachment, and then he had a girlfriend that he lost. And I, I, I thought it was kind of an interesting parallel to the things how it was with Quiet and John with him, and what was uh, I'm gonna say Sasha? That's uh, I can't remember. Or something, um, but then it was like he completely just like turned around and then pulls the gun back out on her. And can, can I just also say that she has? I, I love her. I love her new weapons. Those little axes when she threw them at that guy on his like uh, hatchet, his arms yeah. or whatever. The hatchet, yeah. I I I like that little little aspect too. I like that you know John is basically going and living his life in New San Francisco. And, you know, everything seems perfect for him. And then you have Quiet, and she's just like, you know, she's in the apocalypse side of things. So, obviously, she's doing what she can to survive. And I also like the fact that she also became kind of a bit of a hero because what she does with the milkman's deliveries is she, she gives them to the, the, the outside people who have no food, who have no shelter, who have nothing. And I thought that, that was fantastic because that is that is what Quiet would do if she was, you know, you know, not – she didn't have anywhere to actually go or be. So – she just kind of made her own journey, and I thought that was a great thing for her. I think that Quiet's journey from episode one to now is is sneakily one of my favorite aspects of this season of the show. I think that 
her journey from being somebody that's on the run with her brother, she's just scrapping and fighting to survive, to now she's scrapping and fighting to to help other people survive. I like that. I like that we saw this long journey, and I like that it had that payoff. Now, Kyle, let's talk about the big reveal. Because obviously, the show is setting up for something. We just didn't know what. The big reveal is that not only has there always been a purpose to why John Doe was let into New San Francisco, as it turns out, he is actually originally from New San Francisco. It's where he and his family lived when he was young. And obviously he got separated them from them in the accident, woke up with no memory, finds Evelyn, and everything goes from there. He is originally from New San Francisco, Kyle. And the point that they made or the point that they had to hiring him all along was for a tournament that is going to be Twisted Metal. And they want him to drive to represent them. Yeah, that that was a wild reveal. Considering some of the pictures that we saw put up on the board, like Bloody Mary, who I assumed was definitely dead after that scene um, at the pit stop where they got in that big brawl. Uh, but there were also a lot of characters that were shown that haven't been named or shown yet that are from the games... Um, because I looked it up, because I don't know that much about the games, but I was like, I'm pretty sure those guys are from the games, so I looked it up, and they're, it's pretty cool that they're, you know, they're going to be bringing in more characters, because I think that's really my only big complaint I have with the season as a whole, was we only saw a handful of, you know, characters, and the most recognizable one would be Sweet Tooth. Um, but there are a lot of other really recognizable characters from Twisted Metal, like Calypso and Axel, who I'd love to see come in. And I believe Axel is going to be coming in in Season 2 because you see his picture on the board. Um, but when when they revealed to John Doe that they've known who he was this whole time, pulled out those pictures and showed him... That had me on the edge of my seat, like, oh, shit, okay. Because we always knew something was up with uh, Nev Campbell's character. We always could tell, you know, she's doing this for a certain kind of reason. But, man, can we talk about what the package was for a minute? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's quite interesting, so I will allow you to take the lead on that. Oh, man, this whole this whole ordeal had to be done in a certain time frame, and she said it could not be a second late. Because, apparently, this package is extremely valuable. Well, the whole season, they never tell you what it is until the very, you know, very end of this episode. Uh, it's fucking ice cream. Yep. He, John Doe and Quiet, went across the country to risk their lives and had to make it back in a certain time because the ice cream would melt, if not, because it was in a container that kept it cool, but only for a certain amount of time. Oh my god, dude, that is so fucked up. The amount of shit these two people went through for some damn ice cream. And she was like, that was just the test. My god, what is season two gonna be like? It's gonna be brutal, because... Wow. 
I can't wait to see what the winner of the contest gets. If and oh to man, take it a step further, we talk about characters being introduced. The last scene that we see from the season is quiet. Uh, runs into a new faction that we've not seen yet, yes. and they meet a character that has is revealed to be Dollface, who is asking about the whereabouts of John. Meaning that she is in some way tied to his backstory. If she's related to him, if she might be his sister, we don't know yet. But it ends with that big re- with that that big reveal, that big character reveal. We find out about the tournament. We know that the preacher will be back. We know that Watts will be back. We know that Mar- Bloody Mary will be back. Quiet obviously is going to be back in some in some way, shape, or form. It sets up for a potentially crazy season two. And Kyle, as I texted you, that just tells us that the entirety of the first season was the all just really set up for the actual Twisted Metal tournament that is likely to take place for the entirety of season two, at least. So, really, really good wrap to season one and a wrap to our review of it. I know that it wasn't necessarily as uh, as clean of a review series as our Last of Us season, or our Last of Us series, I should say, because, to be quite honest, when Last of Us is only coming out one episode at a time, it's really easy for us to review one episode at a week because we can't binge it, like Kyle did the first five hours that it was out. So... I had a lot of fun watching this show. I'm excited for season two. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have to wait and see. Obviously, I think for a couple years, I think we're probably going to be getting season two around late 2025. I'd imagine is when we'll get it. I think that's their aiming for 2025 to be their release date for season two. So we'll have to wait and see. We've got wait. a lot to look forward to, though. Oh, but you got something to add? I don't, know. I, I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if either of you saw it. But do you guys remember... When during the car battle, um, Stu shoots Sweet Tooth in the eye, right? Yeah. And him and Mike leave because in the games, you know, Sweet Tooth yeah. obviously yes, only has one eye. There was an after credit yeah, scene was that. where <laughs> Stu shows up. I mean, not Stu. Where where Sweet Tooth shows up because Mike and Stu are hiding out somewhere on some beach. They're roasting, you know, marshmallows over a campfire or something, and Sweet Tooth shows up. I'm assuming he kills Mike because there's a lot of blood, and then he just drags Stu off with him. So uh, I don't think Sweet Tooth has forgiven Stu for shooting him in the face, and that is definitely something we will see come back. I think we're absolutely going to see a little bit of a heel turn for Sweet Tooth as well. I think Sweet Tooth, that we're going to see a little bit more of the villain Sweet Tooth, I think, in Season 2. So, again, it's kind of crazy what they decided, the breadcrumbs they decided to leave us at the end of Season 1. And I think we all figured they would be getting a Season 2, and then Anthony Mackie confirmed it at the Trash-Ass Game Awards uh, that we would be getting a Season 2. So, it's, again, really exciting ending to Season 1. Looking forward to season two. That is going to wrap up this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us as well on Facebook at Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, for Matt, for Kyle, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.